Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a little while, you got to know what's going on with kids in middle and high school, something that parents, aunts, uncles, others need to know, something you got to be out on the lookout for in today's Clark Rageous Moment. And coming up later, there's some new cut-rate deals for cell phone service I want to keep you up to date on. And there are opportunities for you if you're willing to shift your habits that could potentially save you a great deal of money. Speaking of money, there's some economic tumult in the world, and we're going to talk about it information on the economy that you can trust advice from clark that you can use today this is a special session of clarkonomics the continuing trade almost war with china is on again off again partially on partially off and the president really starting to fear that the trade war is going to lead us into a recession ended up uh delaying tariffs on a number of electronics items to allow retailers to stock up for this Christmas at non-tariffed higher prices. Tariffs are still going in on most goods, but not electronics. This was a smart move by the president because electronics are one of the things that people most easily comparison shop and would most easily be able to see that their wallet was getting pinched higher, typically about 10% to higher on many items than they would have been otherwise. And so big sigh of relief from retailers on that. But all the other categories still going up. Now, the possibility of a recession in the United States has increased significantly. And that's why the stock markets here have been having a lot of down sessions, a lot of scary decline numbers. The interest rates that people are willing to buy bonds at, that they're willing to put their money aside for 30 years, are at all-time record lows for 30-year federal treasuries, 30-year federal bonds. And that is historically an extremely strong signal of a recession coming. So I tell you something like that because... Economists, as economists have really bad jokes, but there's an expression that economists predicted nine of the last four recessions. That there's a tendency that when an economy shows signs of slowing, that people automatically, and these are bright people, I mean, economists are true, pointy headed, brilliant people, that they are really good about telling you why something happened in the past, but not always great at predicting the future. So the odds are rising that we are headed towards a recession, but it's not a certainty. But my feeling is that you and I as people can't control that. We can only control what goes on in the four walls of our own lives. And on that issue, I want to talk about something right now. There's a new survey that came out today that shows that 58% of Americans are just flat out broke. 58% of us can't handle a surprise expense today. 
Now, if the economy slows, which that looks like that's certainly happening, but that's different than going into recession. Recession is where an economy actually declines. Germany is in a decline right now. Uh, a number of countries in the world are seeing economic slowing or are in decline. Turkey, um, South Korea, Japan having their issues with each other leading to problems with economic growth. I mean, the world is in a bit of an uncertain phase right now. So if you think about what happens when things slow down, even not a recession, but when things slow down, it means that you may see less overtime hours if you've been getting overtime hours at work. You may see hours cut back. You may see companies become more careful with raises or even go to pay freezes as company uh, profits are doubtful at uh, the numbers that companies may have expected their profits to remain or grow. That's more doubtful, not companies necessarily reporting losses, but that achieving the profits they would have hoped to achieve, those aren't as likely. So it means that we are, are facing an early warning sign. And what do you do with an early warning sign? Well, most of us ignore them, right? It's like when we go to the doctor and the doctor says, you know, it'd be really good if uh, you lost a little weight. It'd be really good if you got a little exercise. And we nod and we go out and we still do what we were doing. That's human nature. Well, this is kind of like going to the doctor, but you're a wallet's doctor right now. If you are hearing me say that 58% of people are wheezing financially and you think, gosh, that's me. This is a time that you should really think through if it would be a good idea for you to be more careful with what you're spending, to take a chance to look through, take the time to look through your bills. Where could you trim some? Where could you start to build a little breathing space in your life? Because if you're in that 58%, it means that you've priced your life for perfection. And life is not perfect. Things happen. And so you have to be prepared for that. You never know what it's going to do or what it's going to be. One of our team Clark members was taking his child to school yesterday and his car caught on fire and burned up. He hadn't anticipated buying a new vehicle. Insurance is going to pay whatever it pays, but he's still going to face out of pocket. Fortunately, he's one of those people who prepares, who saves, and is in a position to handle a rainy day. But now a majority of us are not. Now, on the issue of money you have invested in an employer-provided 401k is where most of us might be, something like that. But you may have money invested invested. Or you may be retired and you have investments. So I can't tell you if we're going to have a stock market correction or we're going to have what's known as a bear market. A bear market is where the market goes down 20% or more. But it is absolutely possible that this may be the point at which stock markets take a breather. And what you do about that depends on your personal situation. And I just saw on CNBC, they just had one of those banners that said, talked about uh, recession possibility and that the market's signaling a recession. Again, don't overthink this. 
but do think this through about your investments. If there's money you need that's invested that you're going to need in the next 24 months, it's likely not a great idea to have that money invested in stocks. But if you're, as your time that you need money goes further and further into the future, then what happens with the markets now or later this year, or if we do go into a recession in 2020, the markets don't like that. But if your need for the money is not anytime soon, you just keep doing what you're doing, especially in a 401k or any other retirement plan like that, a Roth IRA, keep putting your money in month by month. And if you're under age 45, a decline today typically makes you more money over the long haul than a market that's rising. It's funny with investing. We're afraid of the market when it declines. <laughs> we're excited by it when it's rising. When we should think about it when we're in a store and we see something on sale, we want to buy it. When it's not on sale, we don't. So most important thing I want you to take away from what I'm saying is that this is a time that the economy is signaling for you to reduce the amount of debt you carry, for you to be careful with what you're spending, to not throw caution to the wind, but instead to be cautious with your money, be careful with it, and like a bear who's hibernating for winter is prepared for that, you need to be prepared for what will not be an economic winter, but could be an economic fall. Byron is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Byron. Hi, Clark. How are you doing today? Great, thank you. So here you are hearing me talk about this, and and just the time you've been holding, you paid off a loan because you're like, you're all inspired now. You paid off the loan. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling uh, pretty good when I called, and now uh, not so much. So <laughs> well, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. I just got to make sure you know. So what did you just do that's a great thing? Well, uh, my wife and I just paid off uh, our last car loan. Uh, we paid off some of student loans that we that she still had. Um, and then we turned in a lease vehicle that we had. Um, so we're done with all that. We don't plan on getting trying to get any more debt. Um, and uh, we just basically have a couple of credit cards. We have one credit card that we use uh, and pay off. Uh, the balance every every couple weeks. Uh, so my concern was uh, we, I, I just signed up for one of the free uh, credit monitoring services and my credit score, it's estimating right around 800. And so I'm wondering by the time we're ready to, to purchase a house, if we save up for one, um, if, how much that score could drop in the meantime. Because you don't have the variety of loans that you've had. You don't have a vehicle loan anymore, anything like that. All you have is the credit card. So a couple of things you should know is that the types of credit you have account for a very small percent of what makes up your credit score. So that's okay. not ultra important. And the vehicle loan that you paid as agreed, obviously you paid as agreed, 
if you're around 800, that is going to continue to show positive information for you for years to come, even though it won't be a current loan anymore. The only change right. I would make is that you have this one card that's active. I would encourage you to have two cards in your name, two cards in your wife's name. Okay. Yeah, we have uh, a second card, but it's not a real credit card. It's um, it's from like a car repair shop. Yeah, so that's um, not enough. We don't use it. That's right. not enough. So so I, was look- go ahead. I was looking at the uh, possibly the Fidelity rewards card that uh, I've heard you talk about a few times. Yeah, so you have Fidelity accounts? Uh, yes. So, you know, you've got double benefits with Fidelity right now. Any idle cash you have with Fidelity... They're paying over 2% on that idle cash in their money market account. And then their credit card pays 2% cash back on everything you do. Oh, okay. So the Fidelity card is outstanding. The other great card for people who don't do business with Fidelity Investments is the City Double Cash. Mm -hmm. And the idea of them both paying 2% cash back is wonderful but I want you each to have a couple of cards in your own names, not just joint cards. So maybe and, one of you gets the Fidelity card and the other gets the City Double Cash. Okay. And what about uh, credit limits on those cards? As high as the sky. <laughs> the okay, higher that... they are, the better, because the, the second most important thing in making up your credit score is very low credit utilization. You know, in other words, how much of it's a percent of your credit limit are you using each month? Right, right. Yeah, the, the maximum balance on one of our cards or the, the limit on one, on that credit card is 5000 And So I want so, you to have more credit, what they yeah. call credit headroom, by getting yeah. these other cards. And does that affect, uh, what, does that impact what would be available if when we shopped for a mortgage? Generally not if your credit score is that high. But if you get to credit underwriting at a mortgage company and they tell you they want you to reduce your lines of credit, then you might have to close one. But okay. generally, if you, they're not interested in somebody who has three or four cards closing them. They're interested in people who have 14 cards closing several <laughs> okay. of them. That's not your personality. I'm not worried about that. Today's Clark Rageous moment is an important warning for you now that kids are back to school. The number of kids that are vaping is skyrocketing. And according to the CDC, the use among middle schoolers is up roughly 50% in a year. Among high schoolers, 80%, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. And there's been so much publicity about Juul, and Juul voluntarily discontinued sale over the counter of all those flavors that attracted middle schoolers and high schoolers to vape. So now a whole bunch of other companies are making delivery systems that are compatible with the Juul devices your middle schooler or high schooler may already have. And a lot of times parents are, well, we're parents. We're clueless what our kids are up to. And we assume that our kids are not vaping. But the number of kids that are is so high, somewhere probably around 50% of teenagers are vaping. Nobody knows the exact percent. 
But as a parent, you need to be aware that no one even knows the long-term health risks to our kids from vaping. But these are very effective nicotine delivery systems that can create a lifetime addiction problem for our kids. Now, in my case, we are really, really focused with our kids on talking to them about things and not accusing them of anything but talking about them. We can't keep our kids from doing something, but I think it's ultra important for you, especially with kids returning to school, that you as a parent know this is going on and that you have not a talk but continuing conversations with your kids about dangers because remember, they think they're invincible. I'm so glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our main website, Clark.com. When you love deals, check out ClarkDeals.com that we update around the clock every day of the year but Christmas Day. Speaking of deals, there is a sizzling deal from AT&T. No, I didn't hit my head hard. AT&T is not the land of good deals normally, which makes this even more unusual that AT&T has an attention-getting deal right now for cell phone customers. Let me tell you what they're offering. AT&T has a virtually never promoted prepaid service. So you have regular AT&T where you are billed after the month for that month's service. And then they have a prepaid plan that they never, ever promote or talk about. Well, AT&T prepaid is offering right now a year's service for $300 for a line. It's $25 a month. You have to pay prepay the year. So you pay AT&T the $300. And you can only buy this online at AT&T.com. You get unlimited talk and text and 8 gigs of data a month. 8 gigs of data a month is good enough for probably, I would think, three quarters or so of people, maybe more as a percent, can get by on 8 gigs a month. And so if you are with AT&T, it's just a matter of switching to AT&T prepaid from AT&T regular, and you'll be paying much lower prices than you likely do now. And then Mint Mobile has the best deal in the country right now, Mint mobile.com if you buy three months of service you get three free so you pay them 60 bucks and that buys you six months of cell phone service and so with that 60 same as the AT&T you get unlimited talk unlimited text and eight gigs of data per month so the AT&T works out to 25 a month for a year the Mint Mobile works out to $10 a month for six months. Mint Mobile runs on T-Mobile's network. And Verizon, dealing with these things happening elsewhere in the marketplace, Verizon has a prepaid. They don't promote either. Verizon prepaid right now is $35 a month with auto pay. So you don't have to prepay for six months or a year, but you pay $35 a month, and what that gets you is unlimited talk and text and six gigs of data a month. Six gigs is probably enough for, oh, maybe 60% or so of Americans can get by 
on six gigs of data a month. If you need unlimited, Sprint has a great deal right now because nobody ever thinks of Sprint for what's called their unlimited kickstart plan. If you come to Sprint, you pay 25 a month, you get unlimited talk, text, and data. So all these are geared towards one individual or maybe two buying cell phone service. And they're at very, very, very good prices for a couple I wanted to mention that um, Metro by T-Mobile is charging $80 a month total for two lines, and that includes free Amazon Prime, I think it is. And so you get unlimited talk, unlimited text, unlimited data, $40 a month per line, and they pay your Amazon, which would normally be, is that 12 a month or something if you pay by the month, is included with it. And, oh, by the way, if you want to see all these plans, because I know I threw a lot of stuff at you, we have a brand new update for the best cell phone plans and deals in the country just updated a couple days ago on Clark.com. And Sally is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Sally. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? I am so happy to talk to you. Oh, well, thank I you. I am thrilled, and I want to say to you, thank you from my city for your involvement and service in a home building program we have. We love it when you come. The whole city gets so happy. Where in the country are you? Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, you know, I've had the privilege with um, the folks of Tulsa to co-sponsor eight Habitat homes over the I years know. in Tulsa. I and t- Tulsa's not the easiest place to get to, but the welcome <laughs> I, I get when I get to Tulsa is so great that I'm thrilled to have been able to participate with one of the best mid-market Habitat affiliates in the country. Well, I'm so glad. I'm glad you come, and it's, it's a wonderful cause. So, okay, Clark, help me. I thought I had it figured out. I put monies took them out of a slow-growing fund, put them on into an online banking um, for my grandchildren. And it's not a lot of money. I started with 1000 per family, and now it's up, one family is up to 2500 The other one, as they have children, you know, it's growing. And I heard you talk to a dad last week that was having a new baby, and you talked about maybe investing in low-index funds. Low-cost index funds, yes. Okay, will you please tell me, explain that to me and tell me how to do it? I'd be happy to. So the three big uh, discounters, which are Vanguard, Schwab, and Fidelity, all three of them have ultra-low-cost funds that you can put kids' money into. And Fidelity has a product right now called the Fidelity Zero where you can invest money through Fidelity Investments. I assume you have a Fidelity Investor Center in Tulsa. You walk in, you could uh, open an account for the kids, and with it, you pay no commissions, and this is the unusual thing. There's no management fee for the money you invest, and they have a total stock market index fund, which is where you own little pieces of thousands of U.S. companies, and they have now, an international. You call that again? It's a Fidelity Zero. Uh, I think it's called the Total Stock Market Index Fund, or I think that's okay. the name they use. But if you go in and you say, I want to talk to you about the Fidelity Zero funds, 
they have people come in every single day who've seen the advertising and want to go in a Fidelity Zero. So there's no cost opening account at Fidelity, and then you can open Fidelity Zeros for the kids. And this, there is more risk, though, to this than putting it in a online savings account. Oh, yeah, this is completely different. This is investing. So you're putting okay. money okay. into, they have four zero funds now, by the way. So you're putting money into the stock market. And, you know, I was just talking earlier about how the stock market may have a tough time for a right. while. But the money you're putting aside, if it's for the long-term benefit of kids, you don't worry about that because you're into the long term, not next week, next month, next year. Got it. If it's money for uh, next next week, next month, next year, that's money you can only save. But Got especially it. when you look at money that you're putting aside um, that is seven years from now or further, then being in the stock market is how you make money grow over time. Okay, so I just look up um, Fidelity, um, Fidelity Investments for Tulsa, Oklahoma, and sure. find an office and go to it. Right, and the other alternatives, Charles Schwab has extremely low-cost funds, very similar to Fidelity, but not free. And then Vanguard, okay. that you only do business with online or through the mail or over the phone, Vanguard does very low-cost funds as well. But Fidelity, for what you have said... Fidelity is probably my favorite right now for what you're trying to do. Just know that what goes up can go down, but over the long term, being an owner is where people make money, and being an owner of little tiny pieces of thousands of companies makes you some serious money. If you just go to Fidelity's website, you'll see um, the Fidelity Investments website. You just put in the search box, Fidelity Zero, and it'll explain to you how that works and what those funds are. Ernie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ernie. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Ernie. So you were in an auto accident. Are you okay? Well, no, it wasn't uh, myself in an accident, but I need to comment on a prior segment where you were talking about 58% of the uh, Americans are wheezing financially. And the next caller... You ask him if he paid off a loan after listening to that segment. That now, was I a joke. Admit, I, was I didn't teasing. pay off a loan either, but I did buy a 750 latte while I was listening. Oh, no. So, so, so <laughs> he pays off his vehicle loan, and you go make Starbucks rich at seven and a half bucks. Well, I'm not supposed to mention any brands, so I won't, but let's just say a 750 latte and uh, maybe a donut later. I'm still here. <laughs> but, <laughs> All right. Anyway, getting to my getting to my question. Uh, no, thank goodness, uh, it's not me in a fender bender, and it's not really anybody that I know. But you know, anytime you you see these occurrences as you're driving down the road, you'll see them, and they'll be out, and they'll be writing down things, and that kind of thing, exchanging information, uh, insurance, you know, name, address, phone number, whatever, birthdays, who who knows what, but. How do you feel about that when you're in a just a minor fender bender? And, of course, I'm sure it really depends on if you're at fault or if they're at fault. But how do you feel about the exchanging of information and no police called on a, on a minor, just a minor incident? All right. That's a great question. By the way, I, I do have a friend 
who met her husband is someone she was in a wreck with. <laughs> they ended up okay. going out and eventually got married. Anyway, um, that's an unusual result of an accident, right? So <laughs> well, there, there's um, the practical answer here and then the legal answer. And I'm going to give you the legal okay. answer as a non-lawyer. But I've heard this okay. enough from lawyers when I answer this on the air that I feel qualified to say that what I've heard over and over again from lawyers is no matter how minor a little fender bender is, you never know when somebody gets home and is watching bad television and then those ads come on for the lawyers who say, hey, you've been in an accident, you've just won the lottery, I'm going to get you a giant check! <laughs> and yeah. so somebody suddenly has all kinds of creative injuries from a low-impact kind of event. So right. it that is the one unknown about how you handle it if you don't involve insurance and don't involve the police is when somebody gets real creative by saying they have soft tissue damage or whatever and they're going to be crippled for the rest of their lives and they need a million dollars from you and you haven't called your insurer. And so that is the curveball unknown. If something is clearly, okay. obviously so extremely minor or especially if you let's say somebody backs into somebody in a parking lot and they're not even in their vehicle but an honest person stays behind if you want to repair a vehicle yourself out of your own pocket in that case and not have a claim against insurance when there's no possibility of bodily injury that would be the slam dunk kind of category where you would just pay for it out of pocket if it's small enough. Okay. And how about when it's a little bit more than a fender bender and, you know, you see these cars and they'll be sitting out in the middle of traffic. How do you feel about moving a vehicle once it's been involved in an accident? So in most states now, you can get a violation if you don't move your vehicle off the road if it's movable. Because okay. the danger of the follow-on accident when traffic slows behind an accident is so great when the vehicles remain in the roadway that if it's safe to move the vehicles over, you should. Now, I am a huge believer in dash cams. You know what a okay. dash cam is? Uh, yes. So I the dash cam I use now, I paid $32 for, and it's really great. It came with an SD card, does a continual recording loop. And you can buy dash cams cheaper than that. But having a dash cam is so valuable in the event that somebody either claims that the impact was severe of an accident and you see it could not have been, or there's an issue where people are disagreeing on fault. The video is not foolproof, but it sure is helpful having it. And if you have a fancy car, you always want to have a dash cam because anybody who gets hit by a fancy car thinks that they did just win the lottery. Brad is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Brad, you are in that dilemma where you're eating away at your investments, delaying taking Social Security because I brainwashed you that it's so good to wait to take Social Security. And you're like, wait a minute. Am I really doing the right thing? Yeah, that's the question. So I can't tell you exactly for your situation what the exact right minute is for you to take Social Security. Can I ask how old you are? I'm 66. And are you married? Yeah. And how My old is My wife is 63. 63. So um, yeah. 
you know, you're both eligible for Social Security now. And well, now, her, her Social Security statement said she's not eligible for anything. She was a stay-at-home mom. and Oh, no, she's eligible for a spousal benefit based on your earnings. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, so she, once she turns 62, she's eligible, but there are specific rules as to when it makes the most sense for her to start taking. And then for you, you said you're 66, so right. you've reached your full retirement age. Right. But there is an advantage of roughly 8% per, per year if you wait the next uh, up to the next four years. But it's hard right. to know whether you should wait or not. Can I tell you there's a $40 purchase I want you to make that will be able okay. where you can put in your exact situation, your, yours for you exactly and your wife exactly, and it will tell you with this software when is the best optimum moment for you to take your Social Security and when is the best optimal moment for your wife to take the spousal benefit? Okay. It's called MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. Okay. And it's the most effective tool I've seen. There are free tools available from Social Security. There's a free tool available from AARP. But neither dig in with the deep sophistication you'll have with Maximize My Social Security. You're going to have to devote some meaningful time to putting in the variables, the numbers they want you to put in. But the mm -hmm. payoff for you is that you'll know with virtually 100% certainty if you're better off taking from money you've saved and invested to live on till, let's say, age 68 or 70, or if you should bag that and start taking your Social Security now. And so, oh, okay. so it gets you to what I love about it is it gets you to the precise answer for each individual circumstance and situation, which is such a gift to be able to do that for the $40 license fee. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.